everyone and welcome to the second installment of Count It All Joy. We're so excited that our first episode went so well and we had such a fun time creating it. Today Maddie and I are going to get real as we will be sharing our testimonies and talking about our own personal paths to self-discovery. happy with how the last episode went and we're really happy with some of the feedback we've gotten from it. Uh, we love hearing from the people who have watched and we've seen some more people start to dig into their Enneagram types, which makes us really excited. Yeah, I got so many, not so many, but quite a few texts of people saying that they thought it was super interesting, which like felt so good for me to hear because I was very self-conscious that nobody was going to be interested in this and I was like oh like my mom's gonna listen and like (laughs) nobody else um and she probably was the first person to listen (laughs) but uh, I actually got a lot of messages from friends and like peers saying that they thought it was super interesting and that they like went and looked up their own Enneagram took the test and thought it was super cool and then as well as they wanted to know more about um, our faith and stuff like that, which I thought was like so refreshing and encouraging to hear. Yes. Um, so thank you for everybody who did send us a message and like continue to do that because it um, not only does it feel good to know we're supported, but like it also was good to hear suggestions and things that people wanted to know more about. Yeah, for sure. It's really helpful to kind of get ideas for what you guys want to hear um, in the coming episodes. Yes. So Maddie, what have you been up to this past week? I really, okay. So after this week, there's only two more weeks of school. So I've been trying to get ahead of stuff because I can just see the light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, so I've been working hard on that. And then also I work at an assisted living place. So I've been working there and keeping busy with that. And then just going on runs every day about it what have you been up to um well I haven't been the best about getting up early and like being productive uh I do have 8 a.m's a couple days a week that I have to get up for so that's nice on those days that I have to get up and just get my day started um but I've really been enjoying taking the mornings like slower uh not forcing myself in the past I would have normally like gotten up worked out Uh, got everything done in the morning, which I still think I'll do in the, like, when I get back to school and stuff, but for now, I'm really enjoying just, like, maybe watching Netflix in the morning or reading my Bible and just enjoying coffee and making myself breakfast, like, I mean, really enjoying those things, and I know that's something that's something that I really have an opportunity to do right now, so I want to take advantage of that. I still have been like working out in the afternoons. The weather's been nice. Just I've been going on walks. Um, weather has been so good. Yeah, it's been really good the past couple of days. Hopefully, it continues. Um, yeah. What else have I been doing? Uh, I always have little side projects going. So like this weekend, I was working on editing this our last podcast and getting that uploaded. Yeah, I've been finding a bunch of little things to do, and I find that my time goes by really quickly. Even though I don't really have a lot to do other than schoolwork, I feel like my days are just, like, flying by. 
So today we're going to be sharing our testimonies. Uh, these are going to be not condensed necessarily, but we do have to keep them somewhat brief. So we're going to talk about when we first met the Lord, when we, any hardships that we may face that affected our faith, as well as how our own personalities played into our testimonies. Yes. And I think both of our stories are very close to our hearts and can kind of be a little bit scary to share, but we're still really excited because it's just a really important piece to what has made us into who we are. Maddie and I actually have very similar starts to our stories, like same church even. I really didn't go to church consistently until I was about uh, in fourth, fifth grade maybe. I went randomly like here and there, uh, but we went, decided to go to a new church when I was in fourth grade. And Maddie happened to go to this church already. And we were, um, we knew each other before, but not very well, I don't think. We went to the same church and my first kind of memory with getting to know God and who Christ was, was going to camp. I think, yeah, I think we were in fifth grade, I want to say. That was my first memorable experience with my faith. I don't, like, before that, I don't really remember, like, understanding anything. That's the same for me. And I, I remember, do you remember what are those one things called from camp? The ch- Chaco. Oh, Chaco Tacos. Chaco Tacos. That's what I remember from camp, too. Yeah, we would always, they were like, I, they still sell them. Like, I see them at Target sometimes, and I I'm so yeah. tempted to get them. But they're like a waffle taco shell with ice and cream, ice like, cream. fudge in the middle. And then they're covered in chocolate and, like, peanuts or something. I don't know. They're so good. <laughs> um. Yeah, for some reason, those are like my most fond memories of my early childhood and my early walk with God. And I'm pretty sure, I honestly don't remember an exact moment when I was saved or when I like accepted Christ as my savior, but I'm pretty sure it was there. I was, I was kind of, I don't think I really understood the, okay, I knew I understand, understood the concept I would just like I feel like I I was kind of like a try hard Christian like Mm -hmm. I would like pray to be saved like I did it multiple times like I did I don't remember exactly when yeah I didn't get like like, once you're saved you're saved so I did it like over and over again but yeah yeah we I think I think a lot of Christians have had that experience especially when you're like growing up in the church because you keep having these times where you like really like now we would just it would be a time of like deep prayer maybe and like yeah you know confessing and I think with that I got baptized like around my middle school years Mm -hmm. you did like a year I want to say like a year before me and I think I did in sixth grade okay so fifth grade wow yeah I think I'm pretty sure I was in sixth grade uh and baptism for I don't know about Maddie but baptism for me was like terrifying because we go to like a fairly large church yeah and it was all people I didn't know pretty much uh I was very intimidated by the idea I I kind of messed mine up too 
Oh, I mine was terrible. Like no, my voice no. dropped like five octaves. I sounded like <laughs> a male, and I was this little sixth grade girl. Like <laughs> everyone, I made it sound like I talked to myself in mind, like the way I worded something. Like everyone started laughing. <laughs> I don't remember that. I remember my mom and I watched it and we're like, that is so awesome. Like, I, I don't think. And then someone came up to me after and was like, my husband talks to himself too. <laughs> like, what? It was really, it was really. <laughs> didn't know that. Okay, I'm just going to explain the, just shortly. Um, because I was saying that like, I was thinking, to, well, okay. So I wanted to, I kind of wanted to wait to get baptized because I was like, but then I realized I was like, why am I waiting? But then I worded it as in like, I said, why am I waiting? And then I said back, there's not a reason. Like I worded it weirdly. So it made it sound like I was like when really that was just like things like going on in my head. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So anyways. Funny. That was kind of around middle school. Honestly, I don't have a great memory of middle school, how that went. I know we went to youth group really consistently in that time, yeah, which was a very valuable time for me. Uh, however, that was kind of my only connection to like the church. Like, I don't remember taking personal time to study or like, yeah, I don't remember factoring that into my daily routine or like my daily life it was very much like Wednesday nights you go to youth group and that's your time with God like other than that it was and then going into high school that's where ours kind of like that's where we kind of dealt with our stuff and kind of took a turn for the worse for both of us at some point or another so we can kind of break it off and share our stories throughout high school I think my adversity like real troubles in life started around like freshman sophomore year yeah um in high school I know I'm pretty sure we both kind of stopped attending our youth group regularly uh, which was because we were super busy like I was playing four sports Maddie was playing running and doing you were still in dance like you were crazy busy uh it just wasn't in our time allotment for every week uh and I believe like I think I still went to church on Sundays it wasn't like I was completely cut off from my faith it was just not nearly a priority it was not something that I you know placed in the throne of my life it was something that was very much pushed to the side I said I was a Christian and I I was but was I living a Christian life probably not um so I believe at the end of freshman year I decided to go out for soccer and this is kind of when I remember things in my life like my perspective just really all of a sudden changed very dramatically and very quickly with soccer I was doing this really just for fun but I was like oh I'm gonna get in shape and throughout my life I never really struggled with serious anxiety I had like I remember having little episodes like when I was younger and I would always say I was like I was nervous like that was the word I would use I remember like nights where I couldn't fall asleep and I would tell my mom like oh I'm so nervous 
or something like that but it wasn't anything that was debilitating or like affected my quality of life uh but I remember experiencing I I guess like real anxiety for the first time when I was on a trip to Arizona and we were uh, we were on vacation so we were obviously like eating whatever we wanted and uh, just like totally relaxing what you're supposed to do on vacation and it was like beautiful out it was like 80 degrees and sunny and I was in the bedroom and I couldn't get myself to like go back outside because I was feeling so upset about this that was just the first time I can recall feeling that way um, about myself and just about like my actions in general like I just had this like regret and shame I guess anyways as soccer season progressed I also started softball because softball starts actual softball season starts in like beginning of May so there was a lot of overlap between soccer and softball. So I was going from soccer to softball practice, or I would have a game. I was just going constantly. And eventually when summer came, I also had volleyball and basketball open gyms thrown in there along with lifting for sports. So there was mornings where I would have open gym for three hours. And then I would have to go to like softball later. Like I was just like, I, I honestly don't know how I did it. Like think looking back to it, I don't know how I did it. But throughout that, the shocker to me is I was really restricting my food. Um, part of me, like, like I said, I really wanted to like get in shape and I had this image that I wanted to achieve. Um, and I knew I was going to have all this physical activity. So I was like, this is a great time to do it. Like all I have to do is eat healthy now and I can do that my idea of healthy like I don't really know what I thought that was randomly I just like started eating less like I don't I wasn't insecure about my body really at all I I wasn't big I like I don't remember why I like thought that I needed to do that it wasn't like oh I want to lose weight so I'm going to not I'm gonna like not eat it was not like that at all I definitely grew up being a perfectionist and I wanted things to be perfect and I just wanted to be in control. I can see that aspect of it a lot more than it being related to like my image, my self-image or um, something like that. Uh, but very quickly with all of the activity I was doing and the lack of food that I was eating, I began to physically, it began to physically manifest itself and it was very evident um, in my appearance, how I looked. Um, it's really strange because over the month or two that this was kind of happening initially, I have like no pictures. So I can't even look at them to like say like, oh, this is how quickly it happened. But I basically have pictures from like March and I was like looked completely normal. And then I have pictures from like June where I looked like a different person. I was just like, what? Like, I don't have any pictures that like transition between those two times, but. Uh. And I remember, I remember when, well, when I noticed a start is like, I think it was like you, something you started packing differently for lunch. Yeah. And I don't you were, like. I really, to- and I asked Maddie, I was like, I want you to say this from your perspective too, because First of all, I'm curious to see what other people thought. And then I also want to give like an objective or like outside point of view. Yeah. And uh, so just when I noticed the start is I think 
it was kind of around a time when like I feel like a lot of people started like kind of trying to eat healthier because I feel like kind of like it's kind of normal like high school you realize like your metabolism is going to yeah, start it was before to summer too like yeah um, and uh, so like no one really thought anything of it but I remember like gentry like us too okay now we do too but even back then we like prided ourselves over how much we could eat like yeah we were big eaters and so uh, I was like confused kind of and uh, I remember gentry telling me she was like um don't worry I'm like not trying to lose weight or anything this is yeah, and, just- like, I, d- I really don't think I was it was yeah. just like a I can't ex- like I really don't know what my intention was but um yeah And I feel like it's also hard, like, another thing you were talking about, the picture thing, it's hard when, like, I'm seeing you, and, like, a bunch of people are seeing you Mm -hmm. every day, so we're not noticing a difference, but I remember we, like, looked back at a picture of your Instagram, and we're like, oh my gosh, like, that's what she used Mm -hmm. to, like, you know? Yeah. So I remember, like, after a while, like you said, like, noticing that difference, but obviously not as Mm -hmm. it was. Yeah, exactly, and, like, I remember people started would start to kind of say things to me about I don't know like two or three months after this started happening I'm not sure like what the point was when it's people started to be concerned disordered eating is just something that's very internal and I wish people I think it's a misconception that you have to be overweight or underweight to be struggling with that um but really throughout this whole time, like I was losing weight because I was restricting my food, but, uh, and it probably did get somewhat more drastic, but the whole time I was still struggling with this. It wasn't only when I was underweight. Um, this persisted though, throughout the whole summer, throughout softball, I was struggling to keep up in sports. I was super upset with how I was doing, uh, I think, yeah, and then it just got to the point where I was just, like, there wasn't really anything to me, and I feel like you can just, like, could have seen it in my face, Um, but I guess what I remember about that summer was I started really not wanting to do things with people. I didn't want to socialize. I remember, like, I would get asked to do something, and I would start, like, crying because I didn't want to go or something it was just weird it was something that I had never experienced before I was like why don't I want to go or like why do I feel like I have to force myself to go I don't like Maddie do you remember me like not starts like kind of not wanting to go to stuff as much like I don't know if it was as evident yeah I do remember that and I'm trying to think yeah it's kind of hard to think back to but it makes sense that you said that like you were trying to make yourself go because I think there's times when you would like say you'd be there yeah. and then you end up going me and some other people started to get concerned with that just because we could kind of see I don't know if it was withdrawal but just like mm-hmm. see um your lack of interest to not if it's lack of interest but you just like weren't started not coming to things yeah and so yeah it kind of concerned us I think it even got to a point I think one time you came to something and you ended up leaving it was like a sleepover mm-hmm. and we were just all like kind of really scared mm-hmm. and we wanted to like talk to you but obviously it's really awkward for like what we we're sophomores in high school like I feel like you're not ready for like to have a deep like yeah conversation oh, totally. even at that age and so I think we like 
thought we were going to talk to you, but then we got scared, and so mm-hmm. we didn't, and yeah, so it like, was- It breaks my heart, too, now, like, looking back at it, like, just hearing that, and it was like, I had this fear that people were uh, mad at me for not going, and it's like, I knew that, but I still would say no. I still continue to say no, because I just- I would plan on going too. It wasn't like I had this intention. I wasn't going to go the whole time. And then like last minute, I would be like, just wait to say it to the last minute. I really was going to go until like the last minute when I actually had to leave. I was like, I can't do it. Or I just had this feeling I couldn't go. And it was totally just this weird anxiety that I was feeling that I hadn't experienced before. And I didn't know how to express that to my friends. And or anybody really for that matter. And I was, um, I didn't have any like super, like I was had a group of very close friends, but I didn't have like one or two people that I was like, oh, I'm going to talk to them about this. Or um, I didn't feel comfortable like sharing it with anybody. Plus that um, is part of like my personality, especially at that time, like not being vulnerable or like sharing my struggles or not wanting to like burden other people um as a five you feel something that's like very important to fives character is that you feel like your needs are a problem um and I totally that was something that made me realize I'm like oh I'm definitely a five because of that I always had this fear that I didn't deserve as or not fear I always had this thought or feeling that I didn't deserve what other people deserve like I thought I had to earn everything or um, I didn't couldn't have anything in excess. I didn't want to tell anybody what I was struggling with because like how I felt didn't matter or it didn't need to be addressed, I guess. Um, and it wasn't out of a place of like care for others. It was truly just, I really believed that. It wasn't like, oh, I don't want to hurt others or like make others feel bad. No, it was totally selfish. It was, I'm not saying I was being selfless. It was that I was being so selfish. All of sophomore year was honestly major blur. I don't really remember it at all. I was still playing sports at the time. When I kind of am thinking that things were starting to get better was around junior year. I'm not really sure what changed or what I started to do differently or what wake up caller was, I don't remember entirely. One thing I do remember, uh, I think it was junior year, I had a lot of digestive issues that were unrelated. Um, but like whatever I ate upset my stomach and I was having really bad issues with that. And I ended up having to go get a procedure done. I, I don't wanna share this, but I feel like it's necessary to share for the sake of the what I'm trying to get across was, when you do like a colonoscopy prep, you have to take something and it like clears you out. Uh, and I remember I stepped on this, they they weighed me before I went into this procedure and I had gained a couple of pounds by at this point. But um, after that, so you can't eat anything for the day before and you're cleared out. So like nothing's in you, you can't even drink water. Uh, and I remember I slept on the scale and it was like five pounds less than like what I had weighed a couple of days ago. And it was back to almost my lowest weight. And it was like scared the crap out of me because I was like, shoot, like I'm back to where I was. Like it's over, you know, like when I came out of that procedure, I remember I woke up like from the anesthesia and I was just freezing cold. 
I felt like I was literally on my, I was sitting in this white, like sterile room, felt like I was literally maybe on my deathbed. Like I, I can't even explain what it felt like, uh, but it was a very scary moment for me. Something that wasn't supposed to be scary, but it ended up being really scary. Um, and I think that maybe that was some, a moment where things kind of flipped for me. And I realized that like I had to take some kind of measure to make things better. So I began to take some personal measures to make things better. I decided not to go out for basketball and eventually not out for any other sports after this junior year. I didn't play sports after that. Um, and this is when I really began prioritizing my own needs. And uh, I really started to learn more about myself. And I mean, I'm also curious, Maddie, it's like, I don't expect you to remember like when things got better, but maybe just like how I might have changed my demeanor, like my temperament. I feel like I just more like senior year, most like senior year, I just kind of stopped caring what other people thought about me. I think it was senior year when it was noticeable. And I remember before that too, to kind of add in like the same friends that were kind of worried about you before were like, man, like as gentry, like never going to get back to normal. Mm -hmm. Like we were nervous about that part. So it was like really good to see you senior year. I think it was mostly like from the outside point of view, like seeing you Mm -hmm. wanting to do things and kind of getting your sense of humor back. That was another. I was just like, not, didn't have personality for a solid like two years. (laughs) Like it was just nothing. (laughs) But yeah, that's when I remember things like looking up more. Um, I was getting excited for college because I did not like high school at all um like from the start I didn't like it from sophomore through junior year I really hated high school um I had friends uh but I felt like I had let them down and that uh, I didn't really think I could repair those which I will say like I was wrong in thinking that and I totally feel like I've repaired like all my friendships and I feel like my friends know uh, where I'm coming from and like what my intentions are now and how I've changed but at the time like throughout high school I was like you know there's no going back now like I've already messed up all these friendships the time when I really feel like I let go of I still had rules after that though regarding uh my health and like what I was eating I still was very regimented and very strict about what he what I did But things did like a complete 180 when I went to college in the fall. And a big part of that was my faith becoming uh, my life, my entire life and devoting my whole life to that rather than just having that be like a little part of it. I just really reshifted my focus in life to living for God and not for myself or not for the world. Uh, I was idolizing so many things like my body. food like even when I was more recovered I still place so much emphasis on food like oh when am I gonna get to eat like let's go out to eat you know I was still like excited even though it wasn't necessarily like restricting I was still like so focused on food and like when I was gonna get to go to the gym which I have a lot of regrets about because it took away from so much of my life but um, once I went to school in the fall I really just let go of that and uh realize how much more there was to life than that uh and not that I stopped working out necessarily but 
it was suddenly not something that defined my life. It didn't define me anymore. Um, and just especially these past couple months, uh, I've become so much more outgoing and like spontaneous and realizing that my time is not limited to working or doing like working on like self-discipline. I had, I remember just having this fear that I was not going to be able to do what I needed to do the uh, next following days if I did not have like adequate alone time or if I didn't refill refill my tank, I wasn't going to be able to perform the next day or, and that was another reason why I think I isolated myself a lot was because I had this fear that I was going to run out of energy. Like I wasn't going to be able to do what I needed to do if I did not get enough time to refuel, uh, which is another like five thing to do. Uh, like I said, with just hoarding your resources, I was hoarding my energy. I was only wanted to spend my energy on things that I had to do or things I knew I needed to do or wanted to do. Anything beyond that was, uh, I wasn't willing to like make a sacrifice for that. Also in college, my I just like met some friends that have just completely changed my life. I started digging into and understanding the significance of God's word and uh, listening to him through scripture, drawing near to him in that way. And all those Christian friends, uh, friendships I've developed have pushed me to be closer to the Lord. And uh, I think realizing that eat, like my life on earth is so minuscule compared to my eternal life was the thing that helped me the most in um, overcoming anxiety. I just, not that I think that faith is a band-aid for mental illness or anxiety or depression, but I do think that me experienced like actual anxiety disorder was the symptoms were much, were improved a lot after I came to this massive realization that uh, God was sovereign over my life, that I was not the one that needed to take control of things. Uh, but yeah, becoming a lot more self-aware the past year has been something that has helped me to grow tremendously. And I just get so excited about learning more about myself, but even more importantly about others. And I've really been able to start living my life to uh, support others and stop living exclusively for myself. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't know, Maddie, like, is there anything you feel like I left out or like would be good to share? I don't think so, but I definitely feel like I saw Gentry. I don't know if I want to say like, cause I don't really want to speak for her, but like almost like find herself like through her first um, or her freshman year of college. So that was really, really cool to see from kind of the outside. So that's pretty much wraps up not all of my testimony, but the majority of it. And I certainly uh, grew closer to God throughout that experience. Um, even though it wasn't a straight up linear path, um, it had a lot of ups and downs, but I think hills and valleys are just a part of the Christian life and experience and of everybody's life. 
Um, but I'm super excited for Maddie to share hers. So I'll let her get started. Yay. Yeah. And I just want to say also, I think it's really, really cool. My mom and I were talking about this, how like, it seems like although every Christian's testimony is so different, it also has a very similar structure where sometimes a lot of the times it takes that like really hard and all that like facing adversity to really like hold fast to the Lord. So like, I think that's really cool to hear that because my story, even though it's a lot different, it's also similar. I'm going to start around high school and I'm going to focus a lot in on my senior year of high school because honestly, I don't really remember a lot of what went on with my faith during the first three years of high school, but I know I went to church and everything. I was a Christian. I was a believer, but I just know that I didn't have that deep connection with God and like church was my time with God Sunday mornings, but that's it. And, um, I would say to go along with that, I've always struggled with prayer a lot. And I think that has to do with the fact that I'm a seven because I don't, most of the time, I don't even know what I'm feeling. So I don't know how to put it into words what I'm feeling, which kind of has been a struggle throughout my life, which I'll talk about more. So I'm going to kind of jump into my senior year. So I think if you would ask anyone, including myself, like my life seemed pretty perfect up until my senior year and that's kind of what made it so hard um so to start off with um during my senior year my parents ended up getting a divorce and the thing that made it so so hard obviously anybody's parents getting a divorce is hard but the thing that made it so so hard is that it came out of nowhere to me and it moved so fast and as I said before, like my life seemed pretty perfect. I thought my life was perfect. And I kind of knew something was going on just because you can sense those things. I was telling myself, I think, okay, so basically I knew a tough conversation had to be coming up and it was hard because I felt like everyone knew something that I didn't. And my mom like pulled me aside one night, like late at night. And she was like, I don't know if you pray a lot, but like, if you do keep our family in your prayers, which is obviously like, I, it frustrated me so much because there was just like this, this giant thing in the middle of our family that I had no idea what it was. And I knew it was happening, whatever, but I had no idea. So I knew this big conversation was happening. And honestly, I was telling myself, I was trying to prepare myself for the worst case scenario. So I was telling myself that one of my parents was dying. Like, that's what I was, that's the image I had in my mind. I was like, okay, Maddie, you're going to get told that one of your parents is dying and you're going to be okay. And so they sat us down and they told us that they were having problems and that we were going to sell our house. And at that time we were just going to downsize. So like they were still planning on moving into the same house and everything. So it was really tough because our like house sale went into our yard. And obviously the thought was in my mind that it was a possibility that my parents were going to be moving to separate houses, but all these questions were coming to me and I didn't know how to answer them because we lived in a small town. So obviously people notice and word gets around and I didn't know how to answer them because at that time, to my knowledge, like we were just downsizing just because, but it ended up. So, okay. So we got the talk in December that 
all of those things. And then it was just February when my parents ended up moving into two separate houses. So like, you can just see how fast that moved with like, just completely like that coming out of nowhere in December. And uh, very soon after they moved at first, they were going to stay separated, just separated, not divorced. But very soon after we moved in February, they uh, um, ended up getting a divorce. So that was just super hard. And I definitely isolated myself from my siblings, which is what I felt super guilty for because I'm the oldest. So I knew and still know I should have been like holding us together. But I think, again, this goes back to me being a seven and not wanting to express my feelings because I don't even know what I'm feeling. I think because I didn't know what I was feeling, I didn't really know how to be there for them because I didn't even know what to say. Like, I just wanted to pretend like it wasn't real. I don't think you, like, especially, I think this is a very, again, common thing for sevens, but I don't think you even let yourself, like, have time to process it for yourself. So, like, trying to explain it to other people was, like, totally beyond you because you couldn't even, like, process it in your own head, let alone try to say how you felt about it or, like, try to explain what was happening to other people or, like, your siblings even. Um yeah exactly and uh so with that like I would say so I have three younger siblings and my oldest I talked to him probably the most throughout that but it ended up getting really hard because we had very different views on what was happening between my parents and so it ended up just being a couple months ago when I told him that we couldn't talk about my parents because it put a huge dent in my relationship with my brother um and so that was really hard so I ended up just isolating myself and I uh, like I remember during school I just couldn't focus just because like I was like I remember thinking to myself like this like school it's not even important like what's happening to my family is what's important like and I remember just this like anger I was feeling I was getting so angry if people would like complain about like what you would think about little things and I just like wanted to be like really that's your biggest problem right now which obviously is not okay for me to think but that's just where I was at in my head at that point and so that happened and then we went into my okay I'm gonna cut that out and then I'm gonna say and uh just the way my parents marriage ended um really gave me an overall distrust for men in general and uh, so that happened and then my track season started and that was also really really tough mentally on me because I had put in so much work like I was crazy about it like absolutely insane and the amount of work I put in in the off season, I just wasn't seeing that work pay off, which is super frustrating. Like you can ask anyone, like mm-hmm. I was not fun to be around during track season because I was so hard on myself. And I was not I- trying to say you were not fun to be around, but um, like I just, you're like such a hard worker. And I think that was something you wanted so bad and you were going to do whatever you had to do in order to get it. Like, I just remember, I don't know if it was the year before, maybe junior year that when you didn't qualify for state is that right yeah I just remember like how absolutely devastated you were and that was your junior year yeah and 
like yeah. I've just never seen somebody so dedicated I guess to achieving a goal yeah and then so that kind of like like I brought all that into my senior season because I was like okay I need to this year then and I just wasn't seeing it pay off um so that was really really hard and then finally (laughs) I made it to state which was like honestly kind of unexpected but it was just like amazing and like finally like something great was happening to me yay and um I honestly think I used track as kind of a way to like push off the problems I was having at home and uh so uh, yeah that was super super great everything was great in my life well not everything but I thought everything was great in my life just kind of you know typical seven pushing off the not great stuff So this kind of adds in another layer to all the stories, but throughout my senior year, I was in a relationship with someone. It was not a God glorifying relationship, but that has a lot to do with where I was in my faith because I definitely distanced myself from God throughout my senior year when all of this stuff was happening. Like I still went to church on Sundays and so I was in this relationship. I really, really, really liked him. And the day before I left for state track, I got my heart broken. And uh, so that was just. And Maddie, you had never been in a real relationship before that. Yeah, that was my first one. And the first one's always different because you always think you're going to marry the first one. Let me just put that out there. Um, but so that was honestly probably the worst week of my life thus far because the next day I left for state track and I had to hold myself together that whole time and it was supposed to be I think the part that made it so bad is it was supposed to be the best week of my life because right after state track was my graduation party and then my commencement um but so I had to hold myself together during state track because I was around people the whole time and um So I kind of just had to push it off. When I got back from state track, all my family was in town and uh, for my graduation party and commencement. And uh, so like right when I got into my car, when we were getting back into town, I just broke down crying because I had been holding that in that whole time. And I just knew I couldn't go home because my grandparents, all my family were at both of my parents' houses. And so I was just driving around, just crying. And I ended up seeing my mom on the road. She was driving too. And she called me and she was like, what are you doing? And I was like, she could tell I was sobbing. And she was like, and I was like, I just need like, I was like, I can't go home because I can't see grandma or grandma and grandpa can't see me cry. And she was like, Maddie, come home. I'll tell them not to ask any questions. And so I just went straight up to my room. And anyway, so that was just really tough. And I honestly, there was not a lot of people who knew how much pain I was in during that time because I wasn't talking about it. And, you know, I was putting on a show, smiling, being happy, like, and then the next morning, which, so it was Sunday morning. I had my graduation party in the morning and then commencement right after. And I was one of the people giving the commencement speech. And I just remember my mom Saturday night being like, Maddie, how are you going to get through the speech? And I was like, I don't know. Like I was not emotionally okay. And uh, 
So Sunday morning, I had my graduation party, started out good. And then I ended up having to leave early because I started crying. Like it was so bad. And I just remember like I felt so bad because I was talking to these people I didn't even know. And I just like my lip was like quivering because I was just trying to hold it in. It was just not a great time, not my prime moment. And so I went to my commencement, gave my speech, got through it. And uh, so that happened. And then it went into my summer. And my summer, I was just not in a good place at all. I just pushed off that pain for so long. And I was disrespecting myself by how I was letting other people treat me. And uh, I just know from what I've learned that that's not how God sees me. And that's not how God wants me to allow myself to be treated. I went into my first semester of college and still was continuing just like dealing with the hurt by um, all of these temporary solutions and just doing things that are not just plain not right um, just for the sake of doing it and just because my heart was not in the right place and I think I was just looking for a way to fix it. And that was the best way I knew how at the time. I talked about how kind of how the marriage ended brought a distrust in men, how my relationship ended brought a distrust in men. And like, I honestly, it was, I, there was a point I told my mom, I was like, I'm never getting married and I'm never dating anyone ever again. And it took me, it was honestly, probably not until like a couple months ago when I was like, Maybe there's going to be someone that I can trust someday, but it took a while for me to work through that. It honestly took me with all those temporary solutions, temporary fixes I was giving myself. It took me hitting a complete low to realize that that's not how I wanted to live my life at all. So that was in December. And so I was about to go home for Christmas break and, um, I know I needed, I knew I needed change and I knew I wanted to get involved in a college ministry when I came back to school. So when I got back, I ended up finding a church. And so I went to their college ministry and I joined a Bible study within that church. And it was the best thing for me because I found that community that I needed. And it was just, awesome. And so the first night I went to the college ministry, we were worshiping. I just started crying and crying because it was like when everything hit me and I realized that all those things that had been put into my life to bring me to that exact moment where I was standing worshiping and to that church, it was just a really cool experience. It was probably one of my favorite moments ever. And I was just blessed with such an amazing community through that. I started, like, I knew that I was going to be dedicated to my faith and make that a priority in my life. And um, also it was really fitting because the message I went was talking about um, marriage and how women and men, but should be treated and everything. And it was just like, hit me a lot. Cause I was like, wow, like the ways I have allowed myself to be treated is not okay. So I think that was also that message hit me really hard. 
So I started praying a lot because what I realized is that I feel like a lot of people deal with this when you grow up in a Christian home and going to church, you learn over and over and over again, like Jesus died on the cross, the gospel. And uh, it's really easy to kind of brush it off when you're hearing it over and over again. And I realized that. And uh, it's kind. Of, it was kind of really hard. So I was like, it's so easy to be like, okay, Jesus died for our sins. So what? Which like, obviously it's a huge deal. So I started praying to like realize the magnitude of the gospel as a whole. And uh, once I kind of, it hit me, which it obviously wasn't just like all at once. Like it took a while. And once I kind of realized the magnitude of it, I knew there was no choice, but for the entire purpose of my life to be to live for him. And so that was a big moment for me in my faith. And then also through that, another change that I think I saw is I had to forgive a lot of people for my senior year of high school and my first, just like a lot. Um, And so working through that and kind of realizing what forgiveness looked like in my case, because I also had to remember, I was like, okay, just because I forgive someone doesn't mean I'm going to be best friends with them. And so I had to pray to like, just know what forgiveness was supposed to look like. And so I prayed a lot for that and kind of worked on that a lot. And then there's a couple things that also helped me with the process of kind of digging deeper into my faith because I was starting to get just like really hungry for God's word and to know more. I talked about in the first episode, Hosea, but I'm bringing that verse back because it has to do with something. So, um, so just to summarize it, so God told Hosea to marry Gomer, who's was a prostitute and to keep pursuing her, even though she went off into her old ways and everything. We want to be the hero and put ourselves as the hero a lot of the times in the stories, but sometimes we're the gomer and we're the person, um, we're not the hero. And so again, I'm going to bring back Hosea 3, 1, and it says, and the Lord said to me, go ahead, love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the children of Israel though they turn to other gods and love cakes of raisins. So that has to do with just how God keeps pursuing us, even um, when we are turning to other gods. So I just realized that that's me. I was turning, I was putting so many other things as the gods in my life. I knew I needed, I knew it would be really good for me to have people my age and in my same circumstances with like going through college and everything pushing me in my faith into learning, be learning beside them. Um, because I was still going to church through my first semester, but it's not the same and really building those connections. Cause honestly, that's my, probably my core group of friends now at school is the people I met through that, which is like insane to think of because I met them in January and we had to leave school in March. Honestly, it was really scary. So I'll share this side story. Like this is how, this is literally how I met my friends through church. Like, so I followed a couple of college ministry accounts on Instagram and one of them posted their Bible study groups on their Instagram and was like, reach out to these people. Like there was three options for girl groups. And I just picked a random name. I was like, oh, that's a cool name. 
and emailed her and was like, hey, I'm interested. She's like, cool, this Thursday we're meeting. And where we were meeting, um, there was another girl standing outside and we just like stood there in silence for a couple minutes. And I was like, hey, are you here for this? She's like, yeah, we started talking and now she's literally one of my best friends. So like, that's super cool because it was so random. And we just think about that all the time. And um, so that was really, really cool. Also, just one more thing that I think helped me through that process. And I didn't read this verse until recently. It's in John when Jesus healed a blind man and people were asking like, oh, did his parents sin or did he sin or like, why was he born blind? And Jesus answered it. This is John 9, 3. Jesus answered, it was not this man sinned or his parents, but the works of God might be displayed in him, which I think is really, really cool because I also think so many people can relate to that because you feel like you're being punished sometimes when all these bad things are happening to you. And even in like with the virus going around right now, like I feel like a lot of people feel like they're just being punished, like all these good things are being taken away from them, but how it's God's plan and it's so eventually it will come to light I think um how the works of God are being displayed through everything that happens in someone's life that they might question but yeah that really reminds me of the book of Job too which I've recently been kind of learning about um where God Job is this super righteous like almost perfect idea of a man like of a human um on earth he's never done anything to like against God um but God ends up inflicting all this pain and suffering on him Job has never had any problems in his life of course it's easy for him to believe like he's never done anything bad or nothing bad has ever happened to him so God ends up inflicting Job with like illness and pain and suffering and Job responds negatively to that obviously because he's like this is so unfair this is not just like why would a just God do this I did nothing to deserve this uh but we see that the way Job responds is something that we need to take to heart and we need to apply to our own lives he responds he is angry and he is upset but he responds with prayer and he pleads with God he doesn't run away from God or disown him or you know, apostatize his faith. He keeps turning to God and continues to ask and question, like, what is going on? Um, like, Lord, please help me. Um, he calls out to him continuously. And we see, like, God does inflict suffering onto people, um, even when they are righteous. But the other thing we need to remember is that God's wisdom is so much greater than our own. Like, his perspective on life in the entire universe is so much greater than our own. He knows everything. That is one of the most important characteristics of God is that he's um, omniscient and he knows everything. Uh, Think about like what we know compared to that. And that will just clarify it really quickly that um, clearly he knows better than we do based on just how much he knows and his own wisdom compared to ours. So yeah, those were our testimonies and we just felt like it was really an important piece to share because again, it's part of what's made us into who we are today. It's most of what's made us into who we are today, I would say. And so we wanted to share that with you guys. 
because we feel like it's really important to be very open about that and kind of our experiences through that. I also think something like that we want to base our podcast on it's literally like we named it count it all joy for a reason and that's because we want to use every situation and every circumstance that we face uh, for good and for growth uh we I think that's what we want to base this podcast on and what we're aiming for right now is to just use adversity and use our struggles for good and hopefully that this platform allows us to do that uh, I'm still like, I keep coming up with new ideas for what I want to share on here. And I'm just like, so, uh, excited for, um, all the things that we can talk about and explore. This is obviously probably going to be a little bit longer of an episode, especially than the last one, but there was a lot to share, I think. Um, and hopefully that provides a little bit more background to who we are. And when we refer to like something that we've struggled with in the past, like this could definitely be what we're referring to. So I hope that this provides that background and that knowledge for people. Yes. So again, feel free to reach out to us if and tell us what you thought of the episode. And also, again, just any suggestions or anything you want to know. We've gotten a lot of really good suggestions that we want to address on this podcast So if anything else comes to mind, do not hesitate to reach out. I know that for me, this was super uplifting, not only to talk about myself, but even more so to like listen to Maddie talk about her story because it just gets me so excited and I'm feeling so uplifted and encouraged right now to see how God has been working in our lives. And I'm just so excited to see what he will continue to do in our own lives and for those around us.